48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. Two people are killed and over a dozen injured in a bus crash in Kowloon West. The US Consul General refuses to step back from comments about Beijing interfering in Hong Kong affairs. And Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou sues Canada over her arrest. Two people have been killed and 15 others injured after a double-decker bus crashed into a truck which had broken down on the West Kowloon Highway this morning. Priscilla Ng reports. The accident happened at around 10.20 this morning near the Elements Shopping Mall. A city bus double-decker was travelling along the Hong Kong-bound lane of the West Kowloon Highway when it failed to break and crashed into a lorry, which had broken down and stopped in the middle lane. Both the 59-year-old bus driver and 54-year-old truck driver were killed. Chief Inspector of the West Kowloon Traffic Division, Wong Sai Kwan, said the truck driver was in his vehicle when the accident happened. We believe the truck drivers were trying to put something on the road in order to alert the, the road, other road users not to crash with the malfunctioned truck. We will strongly advise all drivers or road users if they encounter similar situation, they should walk to the roadside and seek for help. Fifteen passengers suffered minor injuries and received initial treatment at the roadside. The front of the bus was severely damaged, with part of the driver's cab lying some distance away. The U.S. Consul General in Hong Kong, Kurt Tong, has refused to apologise for a speech last week which was criticised by Beijing. In his speech at a university alumni meeting, he said Beijing had intimate, been intimately involved in the Hong Kong government's decision-making. Mr Tong said his main message was that Hong Kong was a great place to do business and he wanted it to stay that way. He said he outlined a few of the risks associated with the one country, two systems and hoped it would stimulate open conversation. I'm not going to apologize for saying that Hong Kong is a great place to do business uh, or Hong Kong is a wonderful city. Um, the, uh, you know, I think people need to step back, take a deep breath, put things in context and realize that, that uh, open conversation is good for everybody. A master's, degree, sorry, a master's degree student who was expelled from the Polytechnic University on Friday for unruly behaviour says he'll consider filing a judicial review as there's no appeal mechanism at the school's student discipline committee. Gerald Ho is one of four students who were punished after clashing with school officials late last year when a student notice board known as Democracy Wall was covered up after independence posters appeared on it. I think I have to try it, even though it will take a lot of time because I want justice. I don't want this incident will repeatedly happen again in the future. Uh, I don't want this disqualification of my degree uh, will happen in the future because this is an unfair event to the students. I think we should have this human right, actually, to do these things. Two other students involved were ordered to to community service, while a third was suspended from school for a year. The government says it will spread out the purchase of commercial units to be turned into welfare facilities over a three-year period to minimise the effect on property prices. The plan was mentioned in last week's budget, where $20 billion would be used to buy 60 properties to house welfare facilities. The Secretary for Welfare, Lord Chi Kwong, says the government will probably start buying early next year because of the long list of proposals awaiting funding approval. The initial plan is about 60 set of premises that involve around 134, to be exact, uh, facilities for welfare use. In fact, on our list, we have more than 400 such kind of service facilities that we require. So the more we can buy, the better. So it depends on the availability and the suitability of such premises. 
The Link Watch Concern Group says the government should buy back properties managed by the Link Real Estate Investment Trust. About 20 protesters accused the trust of forcing out small shop owners by renovating and raising rents at its shopping centres and wet markets. They say this has a knock-on effect for public housing residents as they end up having to pay higher prices. The Concern Group's spokesman, Chan Po Ying, said they've lodged a complaint with the Legislative Council. The government had already said that they will allocate 20 billion to buy the commercial complex to locate the social welfare agency. So this would urge the government to buy back, at least use the 20 billion to buy back the, some of the Lingwick properties. The pro-establishment DAB says the government is failing to address women's issues. The party's Women's Affairs Committee called on the administration to implement several measures, including increasing maternity leave, expanding a public HPV vaccine program and specific legislation against upskirt photographs during a demonstration ahead of International Women's Day this Friday. The chairwoman of the committee, legislator Elizabeth Quatt, says they're unhappy not to have seen more measures in the recent budget speech. To be frank, for the past few years, we cannot see there's a lot of uh, measure fulfilling our needs of women in Hong Kong. A lot of measure government said they concern, but finally we do not see any budget allocation and any special measure or bill amendment pinpointing all these issues. So we are asking the government to pay more attention for the needs of Hong Kong women. The chief financial officer of Chinese tech giant Huawei is suing the Canadian government over her arrest at Vancouver Airport last year. Meng Wanzhou was detained at the request of the US, who wanted to extradite her on suspicion of fraud and violating trade sanctions against Iran. Here's the BBC's Lee Carter. In the civil claim against the Canadian border authorities, the government and the police, the Huawei CFO Meng Wanzhou alleges her constitutional rights were violated when she was taken into custody last December at Vancouver's airport. Ms Mung filed the civil claim on Friday, the same day Canadian authorities announced the extradition process to the US can go ahead. The document states that she is seeking damages for arbitrary and unlawful imprisonment. The spokesman of Beijing's top legislature has assured that the proposed foreign investment law won't affect Hong Kong businesses. Zhang Yesui was speaking before the National People's Congress opens its annual session tomorrow. He said the legislation aims to replace existing laws on foreign enterprises and will be able to address concerns on copyright and technology transfer issues. He said the Congress will vote on the draft law next week and businesses from Hong Kong would enjoy the same benefits as before, as they're treated as foreign investors. He spoke to an interpreter. Hong Kong, Macau, SARs, and the Taiwan region, first of all, they are part of China, and at the same time, they are also separate customs territories. Therefore, investment from Hong Kong, Macau, and Taiwan regions are unique in a way that they are neither foreign nor domestic investments. In practice, they are managed with reference to foreign investment. With uh, the new legislation in place, it does not change relevant legal application vis-à-vis investment from Hong Kong, Macau and Taiwan. A 50-year-old man who says he was molested by the Australian Cardinal George Pell in the 1970s will file a civil lawsuit later today in Melbourne. The Cardinal was found guilty by a jury in December of abusing two boys at Melbourne's Cathedral in 1996. More details from the BBC's Howell Griffiths in Sydney. The man, who does not want to be named, was living at a boys' home in the town of Ballarat in the 1970s when he says he was physically and sexually abused by George Pell during visits to the local swimming pool. His allegations were due to be part of a case against Pell, but prosecutors last week decided to drop the charges. 
He says that he's been left devastated by the decision. The 77-year-old cardinal has always denied the abuse took place. He is currently in custody and is due to be sentenced next week. The head of an influential committee in the US House of Representatives, Gerald Nadler, says he'll seek documents from more than 60 people as part of an investigation into possible obstruction of justice and abuse of power by President Trump. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. What you're seeing is a deliberate attempt by Democrats to gather what they describe as evidence. They want to be in a position where they can say that the president has, in their view, obstructed justice, that he has abused power, and they believe that by gathering some documents they can gather the evidence, which you would argue could lead them down to the road of potentially having impeachment. Tornadoes in the U.S. states of Alabama and Georgia have killed at least 14 people and left many injured. Jay Jones, the sheriff of Lee County in northern Alabama, said the number of victims could rise. He said two tornadoes hit the region on Sunday afternoon, damaging buildings and trees over a wide area. We're talking uh, several miles that it traveled on the ground. The damage is uh, significant. Uh, I would put it in the category of catastrophic uh, based on the destruction of the homes we've seen. More than 35,000 people have been left without power. The British Ministry of Justice has confirmed that the country's first prison unit for transgender inmates is to open this week. It'll be housed in part of a women's prison in South London and will initially cater for three offenders who were born male but have since changed gender. They won't have access to female inmates. Here's the BBC's Danny Shaw. The management of transgender prisoners has proved to be increasingly problematic for the Ministry of Justice. Last year, the department apologised for failings which allowed Karen White, a convicted sex offender who was born male but who identified as a woman, to be held in jail alongside vulnerable female inmates. Two of them were sexually assaulted. Since then, ministers have been reviewing their arrangements and have decided to open a special unit. It'll house three former male prisoners who have gender recognition certificates certifying that they're now women. A team of scientists are investigating whether saltwater crocodiles migrating from Australia are to blame for a 20-fold increase in attacks in East Timor over the last decade. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Genetic tests on rogue crocodiles caught in East Timor should reveal if they're unwanted migrants from Australia. DNA samples will be compared to a database of 700 crocodiles in Australia's Northern Territory. The swim to East Timor would be huge, about 600 kilometres across the Timor Sea, where these aggressive predators have been seen on oil rigs far from land. Crocodiles are protected in Australia and their population has soared since hunting was banned many decades ago. Financial news now, and in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.96 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 13 cents, while the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 38 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,165. That's 375 points up on the previous close. Turnover stood at $67.7 billion. And now, with a look at the latest sports action, here's Adam Jern. We start with track cycling and a hugely successful campaign for Sarah Lee at the World Championships in Poland. The Hong Kong rider claimed her first world title in the Kirin on Sunday, beating her closest challengers from Australia and Russia to top the podium. That was her second gold in Poland, having won the sprint on Friday. 
Sarah's next action is here at home as Hong Kong gets ready to host a six-day series for the first time. That starts on Friday at the Velodrome in Chengkwan-O. To football now, Liverpool missed a chance to return to the top of the English Premier League table. They were held to a goalless draw at their Merseyside rivals Everton. Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool now trail Manchester City by one point, but the manager remained upbeat despite the result. Not perfect, but still good enough. Getting a point from from Everton is um, for us always uh, always a, a, a success because it's for us the most difficult away game in the season. Is everything is everybody's on their toes, and um, it's um, a special game. So we get the point. All good. Chelsea were 2-1 winners at Fulham with midfielder Jorginho scoring the go-ahead goal. Chelsea now just two points outside the Champions League places. Fulham fell further behind in their attempt to avoid relegation. They are now 10 points from safety with nine games remaining. It was Scott Parker's first game in charge as caretaker boss after the sacking of Claudio Ranieri last Thursday. Parker said his sideshow effort in front of their home fans. I suppose at times as well, I felt like it was probably an audition for the players as well, to be quite honest with you, in the way the season's gone so far. Um, been a little bit disappointing for everyone. And uh, it was probably an audition for them players, really, in front of their own fans to, to really show them what, what we can do. That was the message, that's been the message the last two days. Um, and they were brilliant today in that sense. In the early kickoff, Brendan Rodgers' first game in charge of Leicester City ended in a 2-1 defeat to Watford. In Italy, the champions Juventus have taken a huge step towards retaining their Serie A title. They beat second-place Napoli 2-1 with Emre Chan scoring the decisive goal. Juve now 16 points clear at the top. In Spain, Atletico Madrid closed the gap on leaders Barcelona back to 7 points. They beat Real Sociedad 2-0 with Alvaro Morata scoring both goals. In the NBA, James Harden scored 42 points as the Houston Rockets beat the Boston Celtics 115-104. The Celtics have lost 7 of their last 10 games. In the West, Russell Westbrook scored 12 of his 22 points in the fourth quarter as the Oklahoma City Thunder rally from 13 points down in the final 7 minutes to beat the Memphis Grizzlies 99-95. And that's your look at sports. Thanks to Adam Jung there. And now, to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Two people are killed and over a dozen injured in a bus crash in Kowloon West. The US Consul General refuses to step back from comments about Beijing interfering in Hong Kong affairs and Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou sues Canada over her arrest. That's the latest news from RTHK.